Welcome to MTZ Overflow Podcast. In this sermon episode, Reverend Dr. Marcus Allen is preaching from the title, I Need You to Survive, in the sermon series, Thank God for the Village. We're glad you're here. Lord, I love you more than anything. Can't live without you. Can't make it without you. Can't even breathe without you. At this time, we'll have our scripture reading by Marcus Allen, Jr. Ruth, chapter 1, verse 16. But Ruth said, don't force me to leave you. Dog made me go home. Where you go, I go. And where you live, I live. Your people are my people. Your God is my God. Where you die, I'll die. And that's where I'll be buried. So help me, God. Not even death itself is going to come between us. From the reading of God to the people of God. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Thank you, Marcus Allen Jr. Amen. Give him a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> What'd you say? He looked like me? All right. <laughs> he better. He better look like me. I'm that's baby daddy. Amen. I'm <laughs> Ruth chapter 1, 16 through 17. Thank you, MJ, for reading. Today we will preach from the title, I Need You to Survive. I need you to survive. I want to talk about something I, I really don't know that much about. But during black history, education, I rarely hear people talk about the significance or the importance of the Divine Nine in the African American community. Divine Nine consists of fraternities and sororities, which all have a rich history in this nation. Honestly, honestly, before learning more about these organizations, I was only intrigued um, by their colors or going to the step shows, watch them dance and march around, or what y'all call it, stroll around. The <laughs> amen. The homecoming parties, the plots on the yard, amen. However, these organizations mean so much more for our community. They were founded to make social change. When black people didn't have the rights um, to do what they desire to do themselves, these organizations thrive on sisterhood and brotherhood. Their founders obtained education and resources usually only afforded to the white population. Then they took these resources and used to educate and benefit the African-American community. These Greek fraternities and sororities produce camaraderie and increase professional opportunities after college. Service and activism are central principles of all black Greek organizations. These organizations have produced some of the greatest African-American leaders in all spectrums in this nation. I will not call all their names because somebody will get upset with me. Amen. These organizations give young adults a sense of belonging. And I'm sure after enduring the initial 
initiation process. It gave these young college students courage, strength, fortitude, and a new look on what it means to be a servant. <clears throat> Many commit themselves to the principles of these organizations and they gain family through this process. It's this sense of belonging and having this community of people who have endured what you endured just to wear the colors or the letters in which you have on. It inspires you to be great and live up uh, to this organization you worked so hard just to be a part of. Membership is a commitment of brotherhood and sisterhood for a lifetime. And such is the case in the text today, my brothers and sisters. Ruth decides that she is committed to Naomi for the rest of her life. They are not related through blood. They do not have the same cultural upbringing. They were not raised in the same household nor community, but they are now connected for life. And I'm pretty sure many of you can relate those who are part of these sororities and fraternities that you met people you did not grow up with. You were not blood, nor were you connected to any type of way, but when y'all hooked up on that line, <laughs> when you gathered together and went through, uh, I think what they call coming across the burning sands, that's what it is, all right, when you all endured that process together, it allowed you to gain a brother or a sister, Ruth. Is in the Bible, and it's the few places in the Bible where a woman is the major role in the central characters of the narrative. Naomi and her husband, they leave Bethlehem because there is a famine in the land. They settle in a land called Moab. While in Moab, Naomi's husband dies. And after he dies, his sons, they, they take two wives. And after they take these wives, a, few, a, a little time later, they too died. Now here is Naomi and her daughters-in-law facing an intensified crisis, a present without the love of their lives and a, a future that seemed as if there was no hope. However, in the midst of despair and sadness, we see a picture of God's divine grace. Naomi prepares to travel back home in verse 6. The Bible says, for she had heard that in, in, in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited her people and were giving them bread. This story proves that in the midst of our grief and pain, God will send us some good news. Naomi prepares to return to Bethlehem. Bethlehem means the house of bread. So the good news is that the house of bread has been restocked. Y'all not feeling me in this place. She says that the Lord is giving bread to her people. And because the Lord is giving bread to her people, her people live in Bethlehem. Bethlehem in Hebrew means the house of bread. So she was saying, God has restored my people. And since God has restored us after this famine, I'm going home to get what I need. Is there anybody that can thank God that he will restore some things in your lives? 
things that cause you to go on the run, things that cause you to leave, things that call you to leave some stuff behind, but you receive some good news. God is restoring everything that was taken away. At the end of verse 7, we observe a trio of women traveling down the road headed back to Bethlehem. Can you see them navigating the roads, trying to get to Bethlehem? Sad, depressed, confused, wondering how they're going to make it without men who had been so special in their lives. Having come to Moab as a foreigner herself, Naomi undoubtedly recognized from the outset the problems her daughters-in-law would face if they went back with her to Bethlehem. Intending to spare them their grief, at some point along the way, Naomi finally breaks her silence, telling the girls, go home to your families. Go back to your mother's house. And she prays a blessing over their lives. The blessing assumes that God was interested in the affairs of this family and can be invoked to deal favorably with Moabites. You know, during this time, people didn't believe that God would connect with anybody other than Jewish people. So for her to pray God to bless them was a wonderful thing. She believed that God was not limited to a territory. Y'all not feeling me in this place. She had a theological understanding that God was not limited to a one nation or one group of people. She understood that God was just not blessing one place and not blessing the other places. So she prays that God would bless them because, or and God deal with them kindly. This word kindly in the Hebrew is hased which cannot be translated with one English word. It is a covenant term wrapping up in itself all the positive attributes of God. Love, covenant faithfulness, mercy, grace, kindness, loyalty. In short, it refers to acts of devotion and loving kindness that goes beyond the requirements of duty. Means God is going to be kind to us when he don't have to be. I wish I had a witness here. He, he's going to love us when, when we don't love him. I wish I had a witness here. It refers to the acts of devotion and loving kindness that goes beyond the requirement of what we are supposed to do. She was asking God to do something for these girls. Something that they had not experienced because they had been dealing with grief and bereavement of losing their husbands. She kisses them goodbye. They all cry. And the two young ladies declare, we're staying with you. And this statement demonstrates that after all the grief these two young women had, they have shared with their mother-in-law, they are more attached to her than their own people. Some of you all who are part of these Greek organizations, you feel the same. That your relationships with your brothers and sisters on the line is stronger than your relationship may be with your blood family. 
they decide that, that we're going with you. We're not going to allow you to travel this road alone. We need you to survive. So how can I prove that I need you to survive? I know that may be the question you all are wondering today. I'm glad that you're asked. How can I prove that I need you to survive? One, I must remain even when you have nothing to give me. I'll prove to you that I need you to survive, that I'll remain with you even when you don't have anything to give me. Naomi tells Ruth and Opa to leave, and they responded, no. Naomi then lectured them about uh, how she has nothing to offer them. She says, um, I'm too old to even have a husband. And if I have a husband today and I give birth to him, uh, to a child right now, would you wait until he become an adult? Would you wait? Would you be around? Would you stick around? Would you, why would you want to go with me when I have nothing to offer you? And after hearing these words, listening to this lecture, Opa said, um, I'll holler. The Bible says she kissed her and she wished her farewell. Opa throw up the deuces, said, peace, I understand you can't give me nothing, I, got, I have to go. But the Bible says, but Ruth clung. To cling means to clutch, it means to embrace, it means to hug tightly. Opa kissed her goodbye, but Ruth embraced her and refused to let her go. When trouble come in your life, you need someone to hold on to you and not kiss you goodbye. You need someone who understands that they may not be able to give you anything extraordinary, but your presence is worth more than anything. Ruth cleaves to her and will not leave her, although poverty and misery awaits them when they return to Bethlehem. Ruth decides, if all I have is you, that's all I need. Help us today, God. Ruth, she shows us the importance of relationship. Shows us the importance of having what the army calls a battle buddy. Shows us the importance of having brothers and sisters who are able to walk with you even in the troubles of this life. But even when you celebrate, you need somebody to be there to celebrate with you. She shows us that, that, that what Ecclesiastes uh, testifies to, that uh, it's better to have a partner than to go at it alone. <coughs> share the work, share the wealth. And if one falls down, the other can help them up. I wish I had a witness here. But if there's no one to help tough, two in a bed warm each other, you shiver all night if you're by yourself. You're unprotected with a friend, you can, but with a friend, you can face the worst of life. These Greek organizations who are in attendance today know what it is to be in college and have a line brother or sister who didn't have anything of material wealth to give, but their presence was valued more than gold. Ruth shows us the importance of remaining. 
Because after her husband died, she could have left like Opa, but she stays committed to Naomi even when she was unable to give her anything. I don't know about you, but I want a friend like Ruth. Wish I had a witness. I, 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 want, I want brothers and sisters like Ruth that, that can stand by my side when I have nothing to give them. I wish I had a witness that, 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 that'll call me when they're not asking me for anything. I wish I had a witness here that, that, that's praying for me when, when I don't even know they're praying for me. I, I, I need a friend like Ruth that, that, that'll be present in my life, that'll hold my hand and walk with me even when I cannot offer them anything. She remains even though she had nothing to receive from Ruth. So you must remain, but not only you must remain, but I must be relentless in my commitment. I must be relentless in my commitment. Here it is. Ruth was committed to Naomi. This is what I called a blind commitment because Ruth really did not know what she was asking Naomi for. All she knew was, I need this lady to survive, and I should not leave her alone. Ruth may have thought, I can't do much for you, and you cannot do much for me, but we should at least have each other. Oh, God, help us to preach this word today. Ruth commits with no limits. She tells Naomi that she is willing to commit to this new plan for her life as long as she shall live. You go, I go. Where you lodge, come on, help me. I lodge. Your people, my people. Your God, yes, sir. Where you die, only death will separate us, and, and, and the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. Ruth emphasizes that just as she had shared in Naomi's grief in the past, so will she share in every experience in the future. I'm going to say that one more time. Just as she had shared with her grief in the past, so would she also share in every experience in her future. Ruth said, even when you die, I'll be right there with you. I wish I had a witness here. Where, wherever you go, Ruth, I'm going. And I know I'm coming from a different land, and we may have different gods. But when I go with you, Ruth, your God shall be my God. And wherever you live, that's where I will live. Where, whatever you need from me, Ruth, I would do it. I want to be by your side. She cleaves to her. No advantages. No rewards, nothing present, but she just wanted that relationship. How many of us crave relationships? How many of us want others to be a part of us and be with us and walk with us and go with us? And, because we cannot do life alone. God sees Adam working 
in the garden. And, and as he looks at him, he says, it's not good for man to be alone. Y'all hear what I'm saying? It's not good for man to be alone. He then makes woman put her in the garden with Adam. And look, it was not until creation was completed that the devil showed up. I wish I had a witness. And when he showed up, he waited until Eve was alone. It's not good for us to be alone because when we are alone, Eve, she destroyed relationship between humanity and God because her and Adam went against the will of God. But if they were together, help us today. If they stood together, if they were connected together, the devil wouldn't been able to do anything. Is there anybody that can thank God for some friends in your life that if you didn't have them in your life, you would have went down the wrong road? But thanks be to God, you had some brothers, some sisters, some friends, some cousins, somebody to walk with you. Watch the text. Ruth says, wherever you go, I'm going. If I have to die, I'm dying there with you. And as a matter of fact, when you die, uh, I'm going to be buried right beside you. Then the Bible says, and Naomi says nothing. She says nothing. Ruth pours her heart out. She exposes herself. She's vulnerable to Naomi. And the Bible says, Naomi does not say a word to Ruth. They're on this journey to Bethlehem. Bethlehem is about 20 to 30 miles from Moab. And this long journey they are no words. And then when they arrive to Bethlehem, the people are excited to see Naomi. Naomi said, don't even call me Naomi, call me Myra. B uh, because, and Myra means bitter. Because I'm bitter right now. Because I went out full and I came back empty. But look at the text. She came back with Ruth. Help us today, God. He, she says, I went out full, but I came back empty. What do you do when your faithfulness goes unnoticed? <laughs> oh, how do you handle life when you commit yourself, but your friends don't notice your commitment? I know how you all say, you know, I'm, every year you all get on Facebook, uh, I'm cleaning up my list. I'm, I don't need all these friends. If you have to clean your list every year, it may not be your friends. Amen. Oh, I wonder, can we remain relentless like Ruth? Ruth is so committed to Naomi. Naomi is unpleasant. She changes her name to Miss Bitter. 
she's battling depression, right? Ruth understands the condition of Naomi. She's struggling. She's in emotional pit. She's unable to fight her own way out of this pit. Ruth says, I'm going to stay right here. Help us today, God. Can I talk to you all like this today? She, she says, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to pray for you even though you, you're not talking to me. I, I'm going to battle for you even though you're not even in this battle. Wish I had to win. I, I'm going to fight for you because I, I see what you're going through and I see how it's affecting you and you're not really acting like yourself. Help us today, God. She, she stuck by her side even when she didn't notice that she was there. The only thing that is able to defeat bitterness is love. Ruth understands that the best thing that I can do now is just love you and just show you how much I care about you. Naomi shows us that we can go through some terrible times and be down and feel defeated. But when we have a Ruth, we can make it. Have I got a witness here? Because all of us will experience life. Matter of fact, I know many of your stories of how you've had loved ones die, how you had friends to leave, but you need somebody to walk with you and hold your hands. Is there anybody that can testify it was love that lifted me? <clears throat> When, when nothing else can help, when, when I was down and out, it was love that lifted me. Can I, can I tell you, sometimes we need God to be in the flesh. Help us today, God. Sometimes God shows up and a brother or a sister just come and hug you or shake your hand or send you an email or text message and let you know God loves you and God loves you also. She's relentless. <clears throat> she remains. Then she receives a reward. Ruth receives a reward. Ruth goes to work. She arrives to Bethlehem, and she goes to work. And while she's at work, she catches the eye of Boaz. And when she catches Boaz's eye, uh, uh, he inquires and asks the question, uh, uh, who that is? <laughs> Can I say it like that? Y'all don't mind, do you? <clears throat> have you ever, men, uh, women, have you ever been in a location and you noticed someone new that, that caught your eye and you with your boys or your girls? Who that? <laughs> what up, though? Who, who is that? Bo, Bo asks, asks the question, and, and the foreman, watch this, the foreman informs him, that's that Moabite woman. And, and y'all, you, you have to know culture. Back then, culture didn't co-mingle. Y'all hear what I'm saying? It, it, it was Jews, and then it was Gentiles, everybody else. 
And they normally didn't go together. Matter of fact, it, was, uh, it, it, wasn't even, it wasn't right culturally. They were not even supposed to be in the same area. Matter of fact, they said if you walk through another land that's not Jewish before you step on Jewish land, make sure you shake that dust off your feet. But now, here is Ruth, this Moabite woman. He said, that's Ruth. She's a Moabite who has expressed her commitment, watch this, to Naomi. By returning from Moab with her mother-in-law, she's a modest woman who has not simply started gleaning, but has asked for permission. And she's a hard-working woman who has taken only a short break. She has clearly made a favorable impression on the foreman because, you see, he didn't use words that she described herself with. She just worked, help me today, God, and somebody else noticed what she was doing. Is there anybody in this room that I can tell? You don't have to explain who you are, just live who you are. You don't have to tell people that you're kind or you're loving. Just be kind and loving and people will notice who you are. Boaz, okay, okay, okay. Boaz said, come in, Ruth. Let me holler at you, girl. He owned the land. So he's rich, right? And he talks to her. He says, um, I don't want you going working in nobody else's field. Matter of fact, I don't even want you uh, drawing your own water from the well. So he says, uh, when, when these young men get water, get some water out of their buckets. When you have the favor of God, it takes the labor out of it. Wish I had a witness. When, when you have the favor of God, it removes how you would normally have to labor to receive what you're seeking afterwards. Is there anybody that can testify that I wasn't supposed to be in this job? I didn't have the right credentials, but I had the favor of God. And because I had the favor of God, he removed the labor from them. Right? Ruth, she, she began to wonder. She asked Boaz, why have I found so much favor in your sight? Boaz's response was, it's been fully reported to me all that you've done, watch this, for your mother-in-law. Ruth, I'm here because I've heard about what you've done for your mother-in-law. I wish, I wish I had a witness here. He, how, how you left your, your own father and mother's land uh, in, in the land of your birth and have come to a people that you've never known before. The Lord repay your work. Y'all see that reward there? The Lord repay your work and a full reward be given to you by the God of Israel under whose wings you have now come for refuge. Boaz was saying, you know that lady? That lady, Naomi, um, the one you stayed committed to, even when she didn't speak to you, she's been speaking about you. 
I wish I had a witness. So you, 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 you know the lady that, 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 that she, she didn't talk to you, but she'd been talking to others about what you have done, right? right? Because I can only use my, uh, my, my hermeneutic imagination to determine that Ruth was not the one telling what she had done. It was Naomi telling everybody else that I, I came, by, I was coming by myself. I told this little girl to go home, but she said she's staying with me. I wish I had a witness, and since she stayed with me, it made me a better person. I thought I didn't have nothing. I thought I came back empty, but look at me now. I got this young girl named Ruth. Ruth then connects with Boaz. I wish I had a witness here. Boaz is, is, is Boaz is 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 a, a part of this this bloodline of Abraham. I wish I had a witness here. And and since Boaz is a part of the bloodline of Abraham, uh, Ruth becomes the great grandmother to the greatest king of Israel named David. I wish I had a witness in this place. David is in the bloodline of Jesus. And if we go back and read the genealogy of Jesus, Ruth is one of five women who are listed in the genealogy of Jesus. What am I telling you today? This woman named Ruth came from Boab, Moab, a, a nation that was not connected to Israel. And when she came, she came because of her faithfulness and her relentlessness and her dedication to her mother and law and she decided I'm going to stay with my mother-in-law and if you see in the text uh, you'll see the invisible uh, providential uh, hand of God uh, moving on through this story uh, that God set it up uh, that when uh, her husband died uh, God opened up the bread uh, which means the rain began to fall uh, and the land began to produce uh, and when they got back to the land. God connected Ruth, an outsider. I wish I had a witness here. And back then she would have been considered a, a nobody. But God used her to raise up a whole nation. Matter of fact, to raise up Jesus himself. And many of us in here, black people, we can relate to who Ruth is. To come from a foreign land, to be in a foreign country, and not just be slaves, but be presidents and vice presidents. Be CEOs, lawyers, and doctors. To be school teachers and leaders. Uh, to be activists uh, and those who working in various places. Uh, we know what it is uh, to come from nothing uh, and to have what we need. Uh, we know what it is uh, to be in the back of the bus. Uh, but thanks be to God, uh, we can sit anywhere we want now. Uh, we know what it is uh, to be on the outside. Uh, but now because God, uh, providential hand, uh, we're on the inside. Is there anybody in the building today that can give God praise, that could testify, I need you to survive. Don't have much, but I need you to survive. I need your love. I need your kindness. I need your compassion. I need your 
patience. I need your leadership. I need your guidance. I need your companionship. I need your hope. I need your motivation. I need what you have. You may not give me much, but if you give me a relationship, we can conquer the world. Have I got one witness? Anybody in the building that can give God praise because we know what it is to walk by ourselves but when we have the Lord on our side we can testify where I am he brought me what I have he gave me who I am he made me everything that happened to me was because of God and we give him praise shout yes thank you for joining us we're so happy that you're here Please continue to connect with Mount Zion Baptist Church on our Facebook page, YouTube channel, and our website, mtzlife.com. We continually put out new content, so be on the lookout and turn those notifications on. Looking forward to seeing you back here soon. Have a blessed day.